Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. I have sworn and will perform it. I will keep my judgments right. I'm afflicted, Lord, in torment. Strengthen me, Lord, with my might. Because thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a friends for tuning in to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'm Elder Joe Nettles. As always, I welcome you also on behalf of Elder David Wise. And we brethren are just tickled that uh, the radio stations that host our program give us this opportunity every week to be able to reach unto you with the Gospel of Grace. We want you to visit our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You'll find all kinds of resources on there, frequently asked questions, a church locator, all kinds of links. And if there's any archive messages that you would like to listen to, you'll be able to find them on that site. We also invite you to download the Grace Alone Radio internet app. It's free of charge for either an Apple or an Android device. 24 hours a day, seven days a week of wonderful, peaceful, glorious primitive Baptist doctrine, singing, Bible reading. That's a wonderful resource. And I encourage you to download the Grace Alone Radio app. Or you can go to your internet on your home computer and go to gracealoneradio.net and you can live stream it. We want you to come and visit our churches. 
Sulphur Springs is at 40283 Wolf Road in Caledonia, Mississippi. Very easy to find. A very welcoming, loving, and humble group. We meet 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning. So does Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, located at 11 Staten Road near Ackerman, Mississippi, right on Highway 15. They meet at 10.30 a.m. also every Sunday. We meet together every Wednesday evening, 6 p.m. at the La Quinta Inn Conference Room in Starkville, Mississippi. Very easy to find, and you'll find us very welcoming if you come and join us. Well, if you can't join us in person, which we prefer, you can go to Facebook, Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page, hit like, activate the notifications, and it will prompt you every time we start our live worship which typically is 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning and 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening. Now stay tuned with us, and right after this hymn, we will have the next installment in the series called Fetching Rebecca. Thank you so much for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. Again, I'm Joe Nettles. It has been a great joy for me over the last few weeks to get to speak on the fetching of Rebecca as the bride for Abraham's son, Isaac. I pray that I've made it plain that this scripture is far more than a historical account from ancient times. 
is much, much more. It's a prefiguring of the New Testament church or the household of faith in Jesus Christ. Given many hundreds of years prior to the church's establishment in the days of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. In other words, God used his power over times, people, and situations to paint a beautiful picture for us. It is a picture that was meant only for Christians today, though, that we may see the parallels orchestrated by our omnipotent and omniscient Lord. Peter wrote in his first epistle, verses 9 through 12, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things, which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Here, Peter was not referring to salvation from eternal fire to heaven's joys, as that salvation was given to Old Testament saints also. Notice in that passage of scripture, he said this was something, a salvation that the Old Testament saints were not privy to. Rather, the salvation of which Peter wrote is the blessing of seeing through faith, the finished work of salvation for all the elect of God, as opposed to the obtaining of the finished work. God desires for us the ability to see that the blessings obtained through the knowledge of salvation is no accident. No, my friends, be assured that the ways of true evangelism in Jesus' church were revealed aforetime, as in this episode we continue to study today. Picking back up with Genesis chapter 24, we'll read verses 27 through 33. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I, being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them of her mother's house these things. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was Laban. And Laban ran out unto the man, unto the well. And it came to pass when he saw the earring and bracelets upon his sister's hands. And when he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, Thus spake the man unto me, that he came unto the man. And behold, he stood by the camels at the well. And he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared the house and room for the camels. And the man came into the house, and he ungirded his camels and gave straw and provender for the camels and water to wash his feet and the men's feet that were with him. And there was set meat before him to eat. But he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. And he said, speak on. Now notice those words, and there was set meat before him to eat. And he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. Let us stop a moment and consider this servant's urgency. Bless his heart. If you or I were just coming off a long and anxious journey through arid lands, just eating the most basic food that we could carry with us, the prospect of diving into a prepared feast would be mighty hard to resist. Yet resisted he did because 
His mission was of prime importance to the household of Abraham. Isaac required a bride before he could have an heir to Abraham's house. This servant did not want his elderly master to die with anxieties that his household was not on steady promising ground as regarding the future. Likewise, friends, our mission in the New Testament church is an imperative. We should be pressing the collar to witness to others of the Lord's saving grace. Now, confused folks think that just because primitive Baptists do not believe that evangelism is used by God to inhabit heaven, that we don't believe in spreading the gospel. Well, that's just plain wrong, my friends. While we don't believe that the gospel is used for eternal salvation, that does not mean that we have no motive or passion to spread the gospel. It's just that our passion is based upon the gracious work that has been bestowed unfailingly upon all of the elect of God who have lived in all ages of time, their circumstances notwithstanding. You see, let me ask you this. Would you rather preach the gospel as a threat of hell or as a proclamation of unfailing love? Well, I hope your answer would be out of love. Some will reply that when I say the threat, they'll say that threat is more of an offer made out of love, but you must accept. You see, their hopes are to decrease the threatening, foreboding tone of their altar calls. Firstly, know this, an offer made that one has to accept, otherwise eternal agony will be your end, is a threat, pure and simple. Just go ahead and call it what it is. Secondly, the, quote, love that is proffered through their threats is dishonoring to what is truly the love of God. Your love for your children may compel you to punish for correction, but only a murderous monster would use love as the excuse to torment and kill his children. When we hear of one taking the lives of his or her children, we want to scream, put that one under the jail. Just Not just in it, put them under the jail. Why? Because it's monstrous for someone to do that. No one with a true heart would do that to one he loves. However, as monstrous a concept as it is, you know God's love is blamed with such every single day from pulpits and in tracts. The quote-unquote soul saver will say that the Lord's love exercises itself in the eternally damned the very same as in the eternally saved. What a dreadful thing to claim about God's perfect love. Friends, God's love saves. It does not condemn. In John 3.16, you know the verse. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is a statement of assurance to all who are ever blessed to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is not a recipe for getting born again. This is not a how-to statement. That verse is a blessed assurance to all who are blessed to believe the gospel. The scriptures are very plain that none can believe except they are already born of the Spirit. That same John told us so in the first chapter of this gospel in verses 12 through 13. Go and look it up. John 1, 12 through 13. The Lord saved us because he loves us according 
to this verse. Now, though, look at the next verse, John 3, 17. Hard on the heels of verse 16, which proclaims God's loving action, we read in John 3, 17, he continues, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In these verses, John associates love with salvation, not with condemnation. God does what his word says he does, as opposed to what you've been told that he will do, possibly. Believe the Bible, friends. He loves all who will be in heaven with him, but be assured that he also hates all those whom he will burn in the lake of fire forevermore. Now, getting back to our text in Genesis chapter 24, verses 34 through 35. And he said, I am Abraham's servant, and the Lord hath blessed my master greatly. And he has become great, and he hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and asses. Well, this servant is bragging on the wealth of the household, isn't he? just as we do when we share the truth with others. You would have been hard-pressed to find a more lucrative and comfortable situation as regarding material goods than Abraham's household. The servant wanted her and her kin to know that the household to which he desired to take Rebecca was an altogether better situation. It's the same in the saints' experience in the church of Jesus Christ, but in a spiritual sense. See, while God is able to bless his family in ways of health and money, and has proven so countless times, we must know that those are the minor blessings, kindred. That's right, I said minor. Well, if those are minor blessings, then what are the major ones? Well, if your heart has felt condemnation over your sinfulness, what would you take, believing friend? for the peace of knowing that Jesus has taken the blood guiltiness from you. Is there a price tag that will hold that many figures? No, there's not. In addition to peace over your eternal destination, what about prevailing peace in your mind and heart regarding this evil world in which we live right now? If you have ever thought that there's no reason for hope in this dark, greedy, savage, and blind world, what would you give for peace and confidence that there is a better day promised or that even today can be exponentially better? The knowledge and belief in the sovereign, omnipotent, omnipresent God will give it. Not only can he have deliverance provided for you just around the next corner, but you can also rejoice that this world is but a vapor. It's here a little while then gone. How much money would you think sufficient to purchase a cure to the fear of death. Oh, how dreadful is that innate fear of death and the unknown. The gospel will save you from that, my friends, pure and simple. There are just These are just a few of the major blessings to be had in the household of faith in Christ. Any one of them more valuable than all the dirty riches of this world hoarded together. Next, the servant proclaimed that the household has been blessed with supernatural power. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 24, verse 36, he continues, And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old, 
and unto him hath he given all that he hath. Now, if you recall, Sarah gave birth to Isaac well after the time of her gestational years. Her womb was dead, according to the scriptures, and her husband Abraham was as good as dead, according to Hebrews eleven twelve. Yet, the Lord used their household to show forth God's supernatural enlivening power. God and him alone brings forth life from the dead. In his church, you'll see a mishmash of folks differing in color, nationality, characteristics, socioeconomic status, and all sorts of abilities. Yet, all of them, bar none, have the same in common. They were all made alive from the dead. After the Lord made their spirits alive via the new birth, they were resurrected from their old, filthy, unbelieving ways to a life of joy, love, and peace in Jesus Christ. Oh, listen now. No fictional house of wonders imagined by the most fruitful minds of man could ever rival the amazing grace exemplified in his precious church. Continuing in the servant's explanation of his beloved home and mission, in verse 37, he said, And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell. Notice, my master made me swear. That faithful servant declared that his household was one where promises meant something. Covenants were to be valued and kept in Abraham's house. This concept absolutely tears folks' nerves up. I mean, tears them out of the frame. Modern confessors of Jesus Christ love to be affiliated with the church. <laughs> Just don't go getting involved in their lives or expecting anything from them. The notion that they should be in church when the doors are open for worship, that's just fine as long as it's convenient for them and their schedules. Devotion gets too often and too easily trumped by vacation or ball games. You know it's so. They think nothing of strolling into the church assembly 20 minutes late, but they would die the death before being late for a movie, a mani-pedi, or getting into the deer stand. My listening friends, do you realize that baptism into the church is a covenant? It is an open declaration of fidelity to the Lord and his cause through action. Baptism represents the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. It is the saint's means of vowing faithfulness to the house that preaches that truth. You get baptized into a living church body. Notice that word, body. You don't get baptized into a singular silo. You covenant to support the church by way of your prayer, attendance, financial offerings, counsel, and fellowship. To be a non-active member, so to speak, of a church is actually a misnomer. By your service, you are active in building up, but by your neglect, you are also active in tearing down. No, there's no such thing as a non-active member of a church. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, we are charged by the Apostle Paul, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. 
Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Obviously, Brother Paul believed that to behave yourself according to your baptism, notice he said, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, that's talking about their baptism, so walk ye in him. That to behave yourself according to your baptism is to be committed. He said to be rooted and built up in him. Now, notice the allusion here. It's alluding to a tree. A tree will only root and grow if it stays in its place, true and unmoved. He also commanded the Colossians to, quote, be established in the faith as ye have been taught. The Spirit speaks to us through Paul to find the truth and stick like glue, friends. There's not a word in the Bible to the effect that it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere. That's balderdash and poppycock. That attitude is based on the flights of the mind and of the emotions, and it is far from anything established. Let us be as the servant was. Commit to the church the best of what you have and who you are. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 reads, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Just as Jesus is our rock upon whom we are to build and prosper, we must emulate him. You can't be a rock, a foundation, a friend, a deliverer without promise and responsibility. Consequently, without promise and responsibility, you cannot be like Jesus Christ. Neither will you feel the power of salvation in Christ. To be a member of his household demands it, my friends. Until I'm blessed to speak to you again regarding such noble subjects, may you be enriched in Jesus Christ and devoted to his kingdom. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15 just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. 
We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.